Psalms chapter number 12. Let me say it is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, no other place I'd rather be than to be in the house of God. And no other place I'd rather be, especially if I'm going to preach. Amen. And uh, just like he said, I don't get to do it that much anymore. Uh, uh, one reason I can't, I, I reckon, but, uh, and uh, my son knows that. But every now and then, he'll give me an opportunity to get up here and, and try to do, you know, the best I can. And so, uh, how many of y'all going to pray for me? All right. I told somebody tonight, I said, I'm going to preach like you pray. So, if it ain't a good, very good message, you ain't a very good prayer. Amen? So, uh, I'm just going to preach like you pray. And if you pray hard, pray good. I'll preach hard and I'll... Uh, uh, preach good. Well, I say good. Hopefully, Lord willing, I will. Amen. All right. Uh, Psalms chapter number 12. I told my brother sitting down right there, he, we was talking about the message I preached when I was down in Florida. Uh, a buddy of mine uh, in Okeechobee wanted me to preach for him that Sunday night, so I did. And uh, I told him what I preached on, and I said, if I get another opportunity here, I'll preach on that. Well, God didn't want me to, so I got to mind God, amen. I, I really wanted to preach it because it's a good message, but uh, uh, undoubtedly uh, some folk need this message tonight, and uh, well, ain't no doubt in my mind, I know they do, or God wouldn't have put it on my heart, and so uh, you pray for me as I uh, try to preach what the Lord would have me to preach. Notice now, if you will, got your Bible uh, open to Psalms chapter 12. Got your place? Say amen. amen. All right. Verse number one. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fell from among the children of men. Now, drop down to chapter 13 and verse number one. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? Notice that's two questions there. How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep and sleep of death, the sleep of death, lest mine enemies say, I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you now for the Word of God. I thank you, dear Lord, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, cuts even into the marrow of the bone. I pray now, Lord, that you'd help me as thy servant tonight. Lord, uh, uh, it's been called on me to bring the message tonight. I know, Lord, that it's no mistake that I'm up here tonight. Uh, Lord, you don't make no mistakes, and Lord, you fixed it where I'd be here, 
And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help me to preach. Give me the ability. I pray, Lord, that you'd just uh, take care of me, Lord, while I'm trying to preach. You know my lungs. You know my whole body. You know everything about me. And I pray, God, that you'd have your will and your way with it. Help me that I can be a blessing to the people and the people to me. Forgive me, Lord, uh, where I've failed you so many times. And I'll thank you and I'll love you. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I want us to look at this tonight. And the Lord willing, I'm going to use the first two words in chapter 12 uh, as we read that. Uh, the psalmist David said, Help, Lord. That's going to be the title of our message tonight is Help, Lord. Now, I, 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 I know without a doubt that this message will affect everybody that's in here tonight. In one form or another, somewhere in this message, it will help you and it will affect you uh, as we preach tonight. And so I pray that you'll just be attentive to the Word of God. Now, I was telling somebody tonight, I'm not like, you know, some of these other preachers. You know, they got a three-point outline and ABC under it. I just got a three-point outline and I just go from there. Amen? And so uh, 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 it's already been told me to watch that clock up there. I think the last time I forgot about that clock and it got into red quite a bit. Amen? And so I'll try to keep my eyes on that clock up there and, uh, and, and, and quit, you know, when I'm supposed to quit. Amen? Uh, that might be why a preacher didn't let me preach no more. Amen? I, uh, I was taken after him when he gets in the red. Amen? So, uh, so you pray for me tonight. Help, Lord. Now, I want us to notice this tonight as we look at this and think about this. Most of the time... When we pray, I tell you what we do is we'll, we'll give our plea before uh, we, we ask the Lord for help. In other words, we'll, we'll, get into the, we'll get into our problems, we'll get into what we want help with, and, and we'll get into all that, and then we'll finally say, help Lord. Notice David here. David's in a serious situation. And so he didn't, even, he didn't even get into what his problem was. He just started out, help Lord. Amen. And then he began to tell the Lord uh, what his problems was. But he knew that he needed help uh, from the Lord. Uh, and without that help from him, uh, he was in trouble. Amen. And he knew that tonight. Now, notice if you will, you still got your Bible open there, uh, a comma after the word help there. That's simply saying that uh, uh, if you don't help me, I'm a goner. Lord, if you don't help me, uh, I'm a goner. Now, notice Lord, semicolon after the word Lord. Now, that's simply saying... uh, Lord, I have no one else to turn to. Lord, if you don't help me, I'm a goner, and you're my last last, uh, 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 one that I can call on uh, for help. You're the one that can help me, uh, and I pray, Lord, that you would help me. Now, you say, when do we need uh, 
to call out, help, Lord. When do we need to use those two words, help, Lord? I'm going to give you two or three reasons or two or three things tonight uh, 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 why or when that you need to use the two words, help, Lord. Number one, when there is inside pressure, when there is inside pressure, it's not too bad when the pressure's on somebody else, but you let it come home. You know, when somebody else is hurting, when somebody else, that pressure is on the inside, they may smile, they may come to church, and, uh, and, and let me say this tonight, you don't know the ones in this building tonight that has that inside pressure right now. It would amaze you if you knew the ones that had that inside pressure. Something uh, uh, going on in their life uh, that's causing pressure on the inside. And so, uh, let, me, let me say this. A friend of mine in Florida, this is back when I was pastoring in Florida, uh, his house was broken into. And... Uh, and it about drove him and his wife crazy. Uh, they didn't have no kids, never did have kids. And it about, it about drove both of them crazy uh, when, when their house was broken into. And he'd come to me and talk to me, and I'd try to help him. Uh, and, uh, and, and he'd tell me, he'd say, uh, uh, Preacher, uh, I don't know if I can take it or not. I said, man, it ain't that bad. I, I mean, you know, they, they took stuff, but it can be replaced. Uh, uh, at least you was gone. You wasn't here, and you didn't have to worry about them killing you. So, you know, it's not as bad as what you're reacting to. But you know what? It didn't happen to me. When it comes home, it's a new animal. When it happens to you, uh, it's a new animal. We find out here that uh, a little bit later after that, uh, he come to me and said, Preacher, I'm thinking about moving. He said, I'm thinking about moving out of town. I'm, I'm just going to leave. He said, I, I just can't take it no more. I said, man, you need to think about that. You need to think about that before you leave. I said, you leave, you'll be leaving your job, you'll be leaving your church, you'll be leaving everything that you got here. You're established here, well established. Uh, folk know you here in Okeechobee. And uh, you might ought to think about it before that you uh, uh, leave. And uh, so we left it at that. And make a long story short, he finally got over it. He didn't leave. Uh, but, but, it come home to roost with me. It, uh, it happened to me. All those words that I was telling him, all those words that I was uh, uh, speaking to him about, take it easy, man, uh, it ain't that bad. It is that bad. <laughs> it was that bad. They, uh, they stole stuff that was sentimental to you. My, my grandpa's old pocket watch, Probably wasn't worth stealing, but it was worth a million dollars to me. And man, I tell you, it tore me up uh, uh, coming in my house and, 
and uh, stealing my stuff. Uh, and, and, and I happen to think about old Butch Shannon, what happened to him. And I said, Malcolm, you need to take your own advice and take it easy. Trust the Lord. And thank God I did. And, uh, and God finally helped with that inside pressure. But you don't know, you don't know about that inside pressure until it comes home to roost. And Psalms 55, verse number 1, we'll find that this is sort of tells a little bit about what's going on in David's life. In Psalms 55, in verse number 1, David saying here, it said, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. David saying, Lord, if you've ever heard me, hear me now. If there's ever a time that you've ever heard me or wanted to hear me, now's the time for you to hear me. And, uh, and uh, verse 2, watch this. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn and my complaint and make a noise. David saying, not only hear me, Lord, but do something. Not only hear my words that I'm saying to you, Lord, but do something. Let me know that you're going to move in my life and help me in this situation uh, uh, that I'm here uh, in. Uh, And he said, uh, I I, I really appreciate you hearing me, but listen, do something while you hear me. And that's what he's saying in verse number 2, verse number 3. Because of the voice of the enemy... Because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. Verse 4, my heart is sore pain uh, within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. He's saying, my heart is about to bust. He's saying, Lord, I don't know if I can take it anymore. My heart is about to bust on me. And, uh, and uh, we find here that, uh, that verse number uh, 5, I guess it is here. Watch verse number 5. Pressure's so great on him now that uh, his heart's about to bust. Watch verse 5. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. God, if you don't help me, Lord, if you don't help me, I'm just thinking about ending it all. Lord, I'm I'm just thinking about just going off the deep end if I don't get some help from you. You ever been there? You ever been to the place in your life where that, uh, where that you thought maybe your best interest would be just get out of this world? I, I've been preaching, well, going on 50 years, well over 50 years. And, and in my ministry, I've, I've, I've preached a lot of funerals 
where folk have took their life. And uh, I used to always say this. I might take somebody else's life, but I'm not going to take old Malcolm Carter's life. I, I've said that. I, I, I don't know how many times I've said that. I, I'll take somebody else's, but I ain't taking mine. But whenever I left the doctor's office and, and they found out that I had sarcoidosis and the doctor said that I had to give up pastoring, I'm telling you, he'll never know how he broke my heart that day. That doctor will never know how hurt I was when I walked out of that doctor's office. Preacher, your lungs are so bad that uh, you might have two years left. And you need to quit pastoring because, you see, I've only got like 35% lung capacity. And, and I think I do pretty good just to have just that little bit. But... Uh, by the help and grace of God, amen. But we find out here that, that, uh, that when I found out that I had to give up my ministry, when I had to give up my church, you see, I'd done been there 30 years, and I, 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 brought, I brought babies into the world. Well, I say, I br- doctor brought them in, but I prayed them in, amen. amen. And uh, them same babies, I, listen, I married them. And they had babies. Uh, listen, in my ministry, listen, there's a lot of water been under the bridge. And a lot of things had happened. And, and I tell you, some good and some bad. Uh, but I'm telling you, that was my, that was my baby, if you, if you will. That church was my life. I mean, it was everything to me. And when that doctor said, you're going to have to give it up. You talk about inside pressure. I was loaded with it. I was loaded with it. David said here, I'm ready to give it up. I'm ready to go off the deep end. And as I read them verses before, all this come about, I didn't understand that. But after all this come about with me, I could understand it. We had a creek uh, out west of town. And that creek had a dam there. On one side of the dam, it was like five foot deep. But on the other side of the dam, it was like 30 foot deep. And I pulled up there one day, heartbroken. I mean, listen, about to just go to pieces. Inside pressure, if you will. I pulled up right up to the edge of that creek. On the deep end. And I rolled down all the windows in my truck. And I looked. And I said, I can't handle it. I just can't handle it no more. At that very moment, I realized that people that I had talked to that was, uh, was considering uh, taking their life, I knew what they were talking about. Because... I felt like I couldn't live if I didn't have my church. And I didn't have but two years to live even at that. Unless it went into remission. And so I found out here as I looked at that, 
and and I and I put my put put it in drive, and I started to drive off, and it was like the Holy Spirit. It was like the Holy Ghost of God just got in the cab of that truck with me. Inside pressure. Make a long story short, I put it in R, backed up, and went home. I had a beautiful wife at home. Got three kids at home that what uh, didn't have. I don't think I had no grand. Well, I did have grandkids in, yeah, because uh, uh, the baby, the baby was born December when we moved up here, and we moved up here right after that. But anyhow, uh, if we did or if we didn't, uh, don't really make no difference. Uh, I got my wife. I got my three kids, and. Uh, and uh, I still believe I had the three grandbabies and one fixing the hatch. Amen. And, uh, and so I had everything to live for. And it was like the Holy Ghost of God said, boy, you need to wake up. What's, what's your wife going to do if you do this? What's, what's going to happen to her if you do this? And honest to God, it was like a, a, a voice just speaking to me. What's them, what's them kids going to think? All them years you preaching that God's able to take care of us. And you go do something like this. Inside pressure. Almost. Had it not been for God, thank God I was saved. Had it not been for the Holy Ghost of God moving in, I'd have, I'd have drove right off in there that day. But because of Him, the same Lord that David's talking to right here, the same one, the same God that helped David, helped me. Inside pressure. Verse 6. I didn't mean to stay that long on that. Verse 6, and I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. David said, If I could just leave this place, if I could just leave, everything will be all right. Have you ever said that? If I could just if I could just change my residence, if I could just leave town and go somewhere where nobody knows me, everything'll be all right. Or or maybe it's a husband and he's saying, if I had a wife like what you call her over there, Everything would be a whole lot better. Oh, don't kid yourself. I'm telling you, listen. When she wakes up in the morning, she's got boogers in her eyes just like everybody else. Are you listening to me? Don't ever think that 
the grass is greener on the other side, it ain't. It ain't. You might think it is, but I'm telling you, the only time you see them is when they got the smile on their face. You don't go home with them. You don't see the, the, the nights that one of them sleeps on the couch because they had a big fight that night. You don't see all that. All you see is that smile on Sunday morning when they come to church. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's the wife saying if I had another husband, things would be a whole lot better. I say the same thing. He got boogers in his eyes too. The only difference is they're a lot bigger. Amen? Ladies, listen to me. You better keep the one you got. Keep the one you got. I, hey, things may not be kosher. Things may not be, you know, like you think everybody else is living. But keep the one you got. After all, you did say, till death do we part. You lying to God or what? Because when you make those vows, you're not making them to the preacher, you're making them to God. And when you give it up, listen, for no reason, just because you want a better husband, now if they beat on you night and day, Kick his butt out or call me. Amen. I didn't say, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. Inside pressure. It'll make you do things, it'll make you think things, and it'll, listen, it's a, it's a sad situation when you got that inside pressure if you don't do something about it. If you don't call out to God, not the preacher, not, not even your mate, but call out to God. He's the only one that can take care of that inside pressure that you've got bothering you there. Verse 16, watch this. As for me, I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear me. David discovered, listen now, David discovered he didn't have to leave. David discovered here at this time that he didn't have to run. That there was a God in heaven that hears and answers prayer. I'm glad that sometimes God answers our prayer when we don't even pray it. But I'm going to tell you, if you've got that inside pressure, don't take no chance. You pray like David prayed. Morning, evening, and noon. Every day, morning, evening, and noon. And not just when God answers prayer, but every day. Why why you think that David knew where to go when he had that inside pressure? Why you think David was a man that knew God, that God could answer and take care of his situation? Because that wasn't a one-time thing with him. 
Number two, inside pressure. When, when should we pray, help Lord, with that inside pressure? Secondly, when intercessory is asked for. When someone asks for prayer request, we need to take that prayer request home with us and pray about it. Help, Lord. We need to go home and cry. Help, Lord. Somebody talked to me today, Lord, and they was having a lot of problems, and, and I told them I'd pray for them. So, Lord, I'm, I'm praying that you'd help that person or persons. You say, but preacher, I can't never remember those prayer requests like that. That, oh, I'm glad you said that. That's why that you need a pencil and paper and write that name down and write that request down. Carry it home and pray. Pray about it. Pray God will take care of that situation. Pray that God would, would honor and, and move in and take care. It might be family problems. It might be financial, financial problems. Uh, whatever problem that it is. Take it home with you and pray about it. And pray that God would take care of the situation there. We want somebody to pray for us, but we forget to pray for them. We'll go to somebody and say, listen, man, I got confidence in your prayer and and I want you to pray for me because I need it bad. Well, what about you? When the other fella had confidence in you and you didn't pray. You say, I can't remember. I'm going to help you right here. I'm going to help you right here. I'm going to help you. Write it down. Write that name down. Write that request down. Go home. Find you a box. I would say a cigar box, but I know y'all don't smoke cigars. But uh, find you a little box, like a cigar box, and put that request in it. And every day, go to that box, because that's your prayer box. Go to that box. You may have 10 or 15 requests in there. Take them out and pray for them. Pray for them. Pray God will move on the scene. Until they come to you and say, Preacher, or whoever you might be, God's answered my prayer. Well, just have a shout in victory with them. Go home and you can take that request out. God's answered that one. But we're excuseless when it comes to that. There's no reason why that we can't pray. We can write. If you went to school any bit at all and you can write, Listen, take and write that name, write that uh, request, carry it home, put it in a box, and pull it out every day and pray about it. Intercessory, when it's asked for, we need to cry out, help Lord. Let me illustrate what I'm trying to say here. Nehemiah, y'all know the story about Nehemiah. He cried, help, Lord. Remember the, remember the walls that he wanted built? And, and he went and he went and 
to God and say, God, we need these walls built. Lord, we need these walls built. Send some contractor to build these walls. Now, the Bible don't say it like that, but you know what God done? God said, okay, you do it. You know why so many times we don't want to pray for somebody? We scared that God might want us to take care of that request. Maybe they, maybe they ain't got enough of money for their, for their rent this month. You scared, hey, you scared God's going to say to you, help them out. If you ask God, Nehemiah asked God, and God said, you do it. If you ask God for that help, God may say, you help them. But if he does, he's able to help you with that help. Don't ever, don't ever back out because of that. Now, now, Moses, y'all know the story of Moses. Remember Moses, uh, he, uh, he went before God and he said, Now Lord, your youngins is over there in Egypt and they're as slaves over there. Three million plus. He said, they're like slaves over there. God, you need to, you need to, you need to bring them out of that bondage. Moses. What'd God do? All right. That's a good idea. I think I will. You go over there. Am I right? Am I right? If you know anything about your Bible, you know I'm right. You go, Moses. Oh, 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 but oh, you talking about starting to come up with some stuff. Yeah. Oh, but God, I can't. You know I have a, a, a speech uh, deal where I can't uh, talk. Now, I don't, some scholars say, you know, that it was because he stuttered. I don't know what it was. I just know that he had a problem with his speech. Whether it was stuttering or whether he couldn't put his words together or whatever that it was, he had a problem with it. And he said, God, you know I can't go over and face old Pharaoh with this situation like this. Send somebody else. God said, I'm going to bring them out, but you're the one going to do it. You're the one going to do it. Help, Lord. Sometimes we may not pray like we should pray because we're scared that we're the ones that God's going to say, help that person. Help that person in whatever situation that it is. So Nehemiah fell in that. Moses fell in that. Let me give you one more in case you didn't get them too. Jonah. I know y'all don't know Jonah. Jonah fell into that. And God told Jonah, said, Now Jonah, I want you to go over there to Nineveh because it's a wicked, ungodly city. And you go over there and preach against their sins. Well, 
I don't know what all Jonah may have said. Because you know the Bible said that, you know, if, 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 if it was put in there, the world couldn't contain what the Lord had said. So I don't know, I don't know what all took about there with Jonah and God. But this I do know. Jonah, listen, he went down to, uh, where's that, Joppa? He went down to Joppa. The opposite way of where he was supposed to go. What did he do down in Joppa, preacher? He got him a ticket. Boarded the ship and headed out to Tarshish. The opposite way of where God told him to go. Be careful when you're running from God. You see, God wanted him to do the situation. God wanted him to do the preaching. God wanted him to take care of the preaching on that situation there, the ungodly Nineveh. But for whatever reason, I don't know, Jonah went the opposite way and said that when he boarded that ship, he went down in the bottom of it and went to sleep. Well, while he was down there snoring, a hurricane come up. I know it had to be probably one of the hurricanes like I'm a Florida boy and I, I, I know what they are when they come across because we've had a bunch of them hit Florida. And, uh, and so whenever, whenever that hurricane or whatever it was, heavy-duty storm, come across, listen, they were about ready to sink. Waves was coming in the boat. The captain of the, of the ship got everybody together and said, if you can pray, pray, we're going to sink if we don't pray. If God don't intervene, we're going to sink. Everybody got to praying and they looked around and noticed one guy missing. Said, where's Jonah? He's down in the bottom of the boat asleep. Go get him. And when he come up, the Bible said they cast lots to find out who was the guilty party. Why that the Lord was bringing such mischief upon them. And the Bible said the lot fell upon Jonah. And the captain asked him why. And he said, well, I was supposed to go to Nineveh. And instead, I got on the ship going the opposite way. He said, well, what do you think we ought to do? I mean, the ship's going crazy. He said, well, there ain't one thing you can do. And I, I really believe this with all my heart, that, that Jonah was like I was, at that creek bank with my windows down. He was just going to end it all. He said, there ain't one thing you can do. He said, throw me overboard and God will take care of the rest of y'all. Well, they didn't want to do it. They rode and they done everything they could do without throwing him overboard, but they seen that there was no hope. 
So they grabbed him and throwed him overboard. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know this. The Bible don't say it. But I believe that when he hit the water, he ain't no more hit the water, and that whale's mouth was opened and took him in. Well, what makes you think that, preacher? Well, if a boat can't stand up in it out there, Jonah sure enough came and hit a, and hit a died right there. And that wasn't the will of God. That ain't what God wanted. And so I really believe with my heart that that, that whale was just underneath the water. And when he hit the water, he hit right in the mouth of that whale. For three days and three nights, he was in the belly of that whale. Seaweed getting all over him. You say, well, how did he breathe in the, in the, in, in the belly of a whale? That ain't up to me. That's up to God. <laughs> God sent the whale. God can keep him alive. I don't know how it happens. I would have thought, well, that whale would have made a couple chews and he'd have been in history. But that ain't what God wanted. Three days and three nights after that was over, I guess Jonah being mean as he was, nasty as he was, give that whale heartburn and an old whale went up there and spit him out on the shore. Said, get away from here. Well, watch this now. Watch this now. If you go on and read, you'll find it says this. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Now you better be careful not let the Lord have to come to you again. You better watch yourself. You better, you better search your heart because you don't want the Lord to come a second time. It was a whale the first time. And if he hadn't went the second time, there's no telling what it would have been. But he was going to Nineveh whether he liked it or not. Let me say this. Let me say this. When he got to Nineveh, when he got to Nineveh, he preached. He preached like his shoes was on fire. Now, don't forget now, Nineveh was an ungodly city. Sinful city. And when he, when he got through preaching, the Bible said that the people repented unto God. In other words, they got right with God. Now, had that have been somebody else, brother, they may not have done that. It may not have been the same message or whatever. But one thing we do know, that, uh, that they repented. The message was, listen, it come out in such a way that they repented unto God. Old Jonah. I'm, I'm careful how I jump on old Jonah because I don't want the Lord to do me that way. But oh Jonah, watch this now. Watch this now. After they repented, 
The Bible said Jonah went outside the city, found him a shade, or a so-called shade, so he could see what God was going to do. He just knew God was going to rain down fire from heaven on them people. Go back and read it. I mean, he, he, uh, he, he went outside the city and stopped there to see what God was going to do. Needless to say, they repented. They respected God more than he did. And, and listen, when, when they repented and God didn't kill them, Jonah got beside himself. Jonah said, well now Lord, what's them people going to think of me now? Here I done preached you was going to destroy them. And you ain't going to do nothing to them. What are they going to think about me? Think of this. He was thinking of himself more than a whole city. A whole city. He was thinking of just old Jonah. So God, he, uh, during the night, he made a gourd come up. And that gourd come up and it shaded him. Even at our worst, God still loves us and takes care of us. And God fixed it to where that gourd come up and shaded old Jonah. But during the day, he sent worms to eat that gourd and take that gourd away. Man, Jonah was having a fit. Oh, Lord, he was having a fit. And I better get off of this or them fellas back there is going to have a fit. All right, when should we pray? Lord, help. When there's inside pressure, intercessory to prayer, when instruction is needed. When instruction is needed. We don't always know which way to turn. But I want to say He does. He does. Joshua said, help Lord about the walls of Jericho. And God answered. Do you really think that that was Joshua's plan that was put together for them walls? Joshua prayed, Lord, we need you. I mean, we're going to take this city over, but that's got these big old walls here, and we need your help. Lord said, all right, this is what you can do. He said, get your army together and go around that city or that wall one time a day for six days. I got my jaw teeth pulled and I got some false jaw teeth in there and it's hard for me to talk. My wife's shaking her head. I can't believe you said that. Well, I want you to know why they're about to come out. Amen. <laughs> I'm just an old country boy. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord. Uh, 
Cry help, Lord, when you don't know which way to turn. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall what? Direct thy paths. When you don't know which path to take, when you don't, when you're in a place where you don't know which way to turn, acknowledge the Lord. And he shall direct thy paths. What about David? What about David of old? When he came back from Ziglag, they were shouting, they were singing, man, they were all happy. They went into Ziglag and just took it over, boy. David and his army. They're headed back to camp. Man, they're happy. Boy, they're shouting the victory. But when they get back to camp, their victory singing left. Their shouting left. It all turned to mourning. Why, preacher? The Bible said the enemy come in and stole all their wives, all their herds, all their goods, everything. Took everything. And they blamed David. David, what are we going to do now? Like it was his fault. David was with them. I mean, how can you blame somebody that's fighting a war right along beside you? He didn't do it. But they blamed him because he's the captain. And we find that they were ready to kill old David. I mean, go back and read it. You'll find they were ready to kill him. Take him out. But the Bible said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what that means when he said he encouraged himself in the Lord? It simply means that he cried out, help Lord. That's basically what it means. Lord, we need your help. We need your help, Lord. You know what's happened. They've... They took all the wives, all the cattle, all the goods. Every, we don't have nothing, Lord. And I don't know what to do. They're planning on killing me. And God said this. He said, pursue them and recover all. He said, get after them. He said, when you catch up with them, get it all back. And according to the Word of God, They got everything back. When you don't know which way to turn, turn to Him. Say, help, Lord. When iniquity abounds in our heart, we need to learn to cry, help, Lord. Sir, ma'am, You don't have to go to a priest. You don't even have to go to our pastor. We've got two men and two ladies up here. You don't even have to come to them. 
you can go to God yourself. When iniquity abounds, learn to cry. Help, Lord. Now listen to me here tonight. You know if you've got sin in your life. You know if you're sitting here under the sound of my voice tonight and there's something wrong between you and God tonight. You know it. God don't have to punch you in the side like, you know, your wife does when, when you don't say the right thing. God don't have to do it. You know it. You know that you're not right with God. And when you're not right with God, right where you're sitting right now, you can pray and say, Lord, I've messed up. You don't have to go to some high priest somewhere, give him a thousand dollars to tell you what you want to hear. Basically what it is. I told my wife one time, I said, listen, I... I, I'm in the wrong ministry. I should have been a priest. <laughs> you know all them priests, man, they get $2,500 to marry somebody. I said, my soul. When they asked me, I said, you don't owe me nothing. If you want to give me something, that's fine, but you don't owe me nothing. That priest to get $2,500 up front. I told her, I said, I'm in the wrong business. I should have been a priest. I should have been that one that's wearing that long black robe. They'd have probably called me Johnny Cash, but. If you got iniquity in your heart, in your life, listen to me here tonight. Get it right. Get it right. Nobody knows it but you and God, as far as you know. You don't have to tell nobody. Maybe it's a thing that you don't want nobody to know. I know there's some preachers say, man, you need to confess it. You need to confess. Say some things you don't need to confess. Because all they're going to do is remember you and that confession. And if anything happens, they're going to throw that right back at you again. So be careful how you make a confession. Amen? Amen? When you make one, make it to Him. Amen. And use two words. Help, Lord. I got three minutes. But I only got one more thought. I see you looking at me. When inadequacy, whole country boy didn't get much schooling either. If I said that word right, I ain't going to try it again. It just means if you're lost. I'll just tell you what it means. Amen. I've listened to my son long enough. I was trying to make everything with I in it. Amen. Forgetting I had to say that word. When we realize nothing else can save us cry help Lord maybe you've tried maybe you've tried money I know you gotta have it I wished I had more of it my bill collectors would be happy but 
Money ain't going to save you. You look over at your neighbor and they just bought them a new car. That new car ain't going to get them to heaven. You've tried everything. Why don't you try him? You see, if you ain't noticed, if you ain't noticed what's going on overseas over there, I'm, listen, I, I told you a while ago, I'm just a no country boy. I, I don't have a whole lot of education, so I, my son, he, he, he runs circles around me. But this I know, he's coming back. We don't know, not even the angels know when he's a coming. But if you're not saved, you're going to be left behind. I seen a commercial on TV the other day. And it was, it was, about, it was about the coming of the Lord. And it was showing different things that was happening when the Lord come back. In other words, a car be driving a car and he's gone. If you're not saved and you're coming toward that car, you better look out. What about a jet airliner? That captain, he's saved. When the Lord comes, he's out of here. Before I ever got on another airplane, I'd make sure I was saved. Four or five miles high, that's a long drop. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. If you're here tonight, one of these thoughts hits you. I don't care who you are. Inside pressure. Intercessory to prayer. I think every one of us is probably guilty there. Instruction when it's needed. Iniquity abounds. And I'm going to just say, if you lost, get saved. Get saved. You can be saved tonight. I'm not going to ask them to come up, but I'll hang around a little bit if you want to get saved. You don't have to come to me. You can, right where you're sitting right now, you can say, Lord, Save me a sinner. I'm lost and undone. And I need to get saved. Friend, it's, it'll be a sad day. Jesus comes back. And it can happen any time. If you've been watching, if you've been watching TV, if you know anything about God's chosen ones, and them over there bombing them, they're in trouble. And so are you if you're left behind. How about it tonight? Why don't you think about these five points? And if you're guilty of any of them, make it right. You'll be a happier Christian. You'll be a greater, happier child of God. 